Welcome to Tech Talk. Bye. CDT. Welcome to CDT's Tech Talk, where we dish on tech and internet policy while also explaining what these policies mean to our daily lives. I'm Brian Wozolowski, and it's time to talk tech. Today, we have a great episode for you, and we get to welcome a new host, Jamal Magby. Say hello, Jamal. Hi, everyone. So how excited are you to host this podcast? Couldn't be more excited. Kindly, Jamal is letting me have one last episode, and in this episode, I'll chat with CDT's EU lead, Jens Henrik Jeppesen, who's going to share updates from Brussels on what has already been a very busy year in tech policy. And then I will chat with my dear friend, CDT's Director of Development, the amazing Lee Berkeley Shaw, about our 25th anniversary tech prom. That is something you won't want to miss. So let's get to it. It's only February, but the proposals, rules, and regulations are coming out of Brussels rapidly. And as with GDPR, these proposals impact not just Europeans, but are driving policy debates globally. So, here with the very latest from the EU is Jens Henrik Jeppesen. Welcome back to Tech Talk, Jens. Thank you, Brian. So, you have a whole new commission. How much of a priority is tech for them? Well, it is one of the, the, the three major sort of strategic uh, uh, headlines, if you will, of, of EU policy for the coming mandate. And uh, the, the, uh, the phrase is, uh, Europe fit for the digital age. It's a good tagline. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and so uh, uh, the uh, Margrethe Vestager, the, the Danish uh, commissioner who was competition commission in, in the previous commission, as she, she remains in that role, and she's also having all of responsibility uh, for uh, digital policies, uh, broadly speaking. So she's a name to, to pay attention to if you're, you know, uh, a tech policy person looking at Europe. Any other commissioners or names that people should be monitoring, adding, adding to their Twitter feed? Sure. Uh, Thierry Breton, uh, French commissioner, um, is uh, in charge of the let's say, industrial policy aspects of this. So how to get Europe's uh, digital infrastructure, economy, uh, business uh, in shape, uh, that is his priority. Uh, and then you have uh, Vera Jourova, um, uh, vice president of the commission, who is in charge of um, things like uh, uh, data privacy, uh, an upcoming uh, democracy action plan, um, and also negotiations uh, between the U.S. and the EU on um, things like privacy shield and, and, and other uh, data exchange uh, agreements. Okay, very helpful. I will be sure to add those to my Twitter feed. Um, so let's actually get into these issues here a bit. Um, let's start with the Digital Service Act. I know that Digital Services Act. I know it's a big focus for you, and we have some concerns about it. Tell me what it is and, and kind of what some of the, the issues are with it. Sure. So the president of the commission in July of last year, when she sort of published her uh, initial strategy document, uh, said that she wanted to upgrade our liability and safety rules for digital platforms, services, and products. And what this means is the commission is going to reopen the e-commerce directive from, mm -hmm. from 2000. And this is the European version of the Communications Decency Act, Section 230. Okay. Uh, that you have in the U.S. We've Actually. heard a lot about that lately here. 
Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and we have a similar discussion going on here. So, so that uh, the e-commerce directive makes it possible for companies to host user content without being liable for the legality of that content. Um, and this is going to be reviewed by, uh, by the new commission. And so what we're concerned about is that we will end up with possibly onerous new obligations for content hosts uh, to filter, monitor, prevent upload of content that may be illegal or may be considered harmful or just offensive or provocative. And uh, this can have serious uh, chilling effects on free expression online, and it can force uh, platforms, uh, both uh, large and small, to proactively filter and screen uh, content using automated uh, content moderation tools. Now, uh, we understand the reasons why the Commission is looking at, at this. Uh, it is primarily to do with problematic content that circulates on social media platforms. Uh, so politicians worry about uh, hateful content and trolling and cyberbullying, disinformation and so forth. Um, and, and so, uh, you know, European countries at national level have also taken initiatives. Uh, in Germany, the Nets DG law came into force in 2018. Right. France is working on a hate speech law, and UK, uh, no longer a member state, uh, has also been targeting online harms. So there's there's a lot of policy energy in this space. Yeah, it sounds like it. I mean, Brexit, we didn't even talk about, and we'll just skip that for this episode. But yeah, that's a big thing that, that changed this year. Um, so when we were chatting earlier, you mentioned that AI is also a priority. Um, what's kind of happening on this, what I would say is a bit of a buzzword of an issue, but one that, that policymakers really seem to want to focus on? Certainly. Uh, so in fact, um, in, in this uh, strategy document from, from uh, July, uh, the commission president uh, uh, said or made a commitment to uh, propose legislation for a European approach to artificial intelligence within 100 days of taking office. So a lot of people scratched their heads and wondered uh, what that might possibly look like since AI is, as you say, a catchphrase and it uh, covers such a broad range of applications and services and products and, and it's just hard to uh, imagine what a single piece of legislation would yes. like that would cover that whole spectrum. Um, but anyway, the, 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 so what the commission has now announced that it will do is to publish a, uh, a policy strategy document. So not legislation, but kind of a setting out options and and consulting with uh, with interested parties. And um, we don't know exactly what that will look like, but on the basis of, uh, of, of what has transpired so far, it's broadly to do with opportunities and, and challenges. So uh, for opportunities, uh, so the commission uh, uh, clearly recognizes the, the potential of these technologies in terms of meeting challenges in, in public health and transportation environment and energy and so forth. And so the commission argues the, that the EU needs to strengthen its capabilities and try to close the gap with the places like US and China. Uh, so uh, European policymakers realize that, that Europe is lagging behind gotcha. uh, these countries in, in terms of industrial applications and consumer applications, and that this is not a sustainable 
uh, situation, given how important uh, this technology is likely to be for future competitiveness. So, um, so the Commission is driving actions to coordinate, uh, to drive more investment into the into research and development, um, sort of, and coordinate national centers of excellence and in research and so forth, and to push more rapid uptake of these technologies. Okay, well, public and private sectors. That those are the opportunities. What are some of the risks that you think this will address? Yeah, so um, so many have raised the various concerns uh, to do with AI, automated decision making, uh, machine learning, and so this has to do with uh, uh, risks to individuals, uh, fundamental rights to privacy, and protection from uh, unfair discrimination. Um, and uh, so. Many, many academics um, and uh, civil society organizations and others have uh, realized that uh, if these tools are not deployed carefully uh, and implemented carefully, uh, they can exacerbate uh, problems of uh, historical bias and discrimination, um, and that we need to think carefully about how to how to do that. And so this ties to some of the work that CDT has been doing on uh, digital decisions. Uh, so examples uh, are in, in education, employment, and, and criminal justice, for example. Um, so the, I think we can uh, expect the commission to look at how to make sure that the uh, companies that deploy and public authorities that deploy these technologies do this in a way that is explain, explainable and understandable, um, and so that uh, they don't lead to the kind of, of unjustified discrimination that it, that is both unethical and, and illegal. Uh, also, there is a, a particular uh, focus on uh, facial recognition technology. Mm, of course. Yeah, exactly, as a, as a technology that has its own uh, new uh, risks and, and problems uh, that need to be managed. And so I think you'll find it's, it's similar discussions that, that you have in, in the U.S. And so uh, the Commission is looking at uh, uh, how, to, um, how to ensure that uh, these new solutions meet some obligations on transparency and accountability, and that there is a regulatory oversight um, uh, 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 to, to ensure and, and enforce, uh, uh, let's say, um, uh, for example, rules on discrimination and uh, and, and bias. Yeah. So uh, so that, that's uh, that's some of what we can expect. And and so this uh, this policy document is is expected out on the nineteenth of February. Oh, very soon then. Very very soon. But it's it's great that they are considering the the ethical sides of AI here. Uh, you don't necessarily get a lot of policymakers themselves always talking about that here in the U.S. So it's great to hear that that's a, a priority part of this policy document. Uh, so let's shift topics a little bit then to the, another one, uh, digital evidence being collected by law enforcement. Obviously, this crosses borders. Uh, and similar to the Cloud Act in the U.S., which people can find information about on CDT's website, there are proposals moving in Europe as well. Tell us a bit about those proposals, what's happening. Yes, uh, yes, Brian, and, and you're exactly right that, that the the EU legislation of the discussion is 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 a mirror of the of the U.S. Cloud Act. Okay, and uh, it was published in uh, it was proposed uh, in 2018, and the idea is to enable a law enforcement agency or a court in one member state to issue direct 
uh, orders to communication providers in other member states for disclosure of electronic data that they seek for uh, criminal investigations. This can be content data, metadata, or subscriber information. Okay. Now, yeah, and it doesn't matter where the data is stored or in which member state the comms provider is uh, headquartered and what the nationality or the, or the residence, uh, country of residence uh, of the person whose data is sought. Um, so it, it really gives law enforcement very broad powers to uh, to order uh, electronic information from a very broad set of providers. So as, uh, as CDT, uh, we have we have accepted that uh, traditional mutual legal assistance treaty type models will not be able to scale to deal with the demands for electronic data and that new necessary but we argue that the, that the proposal that the commission put forward uh, does not have enough uh, uh, procedural and privacy safeguards and so um, we uh, we have we have published several several uh, posts and papers uh, on the e-evidence uh, proposals, outlining the kinds of improvements that we would like to see. And so uh, we are very pleased to see that uh, the European Parliament um, is now setting out to address these problems. That's good. And, uh, yeah. So so they are the, the problem that they're they're trying to solve is that that the original Commission proposal puts a lot of trust and confidence into that, into the um, uh, the authority that is uh, issuing the order. Um, and it gives no possibility, uh, almost no possibility for any other authority to review that order and make sure that it respects privacy rights and, and uh, that it doesn't involve privileged confidential information. For example, information communication uh, with uh, doctors, lawyers, and journalists. And so, this is what the, the European Parliament has set out to uh, to solve, and so we're very much in support of, uh, of the Parliament's line, and we will try to help. Uh, we'll certainly try to uh, uh, make sure that uh, that Parliament's model uh, is adopted and, and, and is supported uh, as as this legislation is uh, is negotiated. Okay. Well, I'm going to let you talk about one final topic here because it's certainly generating uh, headlines and interest, um, although I'm sure there are probably 10 or 20 other topics we could talk about. Uh, yeah. Let's pivot to the terrorist content online regulation. What's happening on that front? Okay. So <laughs> the European Commission proposed uh, this regulation back in September of 2018. Member states adopted the, their position in December of 2018, and the European Parliament did its, its reading uh, in April of 19. So there's now a final compromise uh, being uh, negotiated. So the draft regulation that the Commission proposed would make it mandatory for content hosts uh, to comply with orders uh, to remove uh, allegedly terrorist content within one hour of receiving an order. Wow. And the proposal would also require content hosts who respond to referrals of content. Um, so that means uh, a referral would be um, a notification from the police, say, that um, a certain piece of content uh, may be in violation of the terms of service. Um, and that, uh, but it would be voluntary for the content host to, to deal with, to, to remove it or leave it up. 
Um, and there is also uh, an element in the regulation that would uh, enable uh, authorities to force content hosts to use uh, filtering technologies, monitoring technologies uh, for, to, to, to manage uploads. Um, so we've been very active on this, uh, this proposal. We, we, uh, in our view, uh, it was uh, far too vague in its definition of what is terrorist content. Um, it uh, covered a, a huge uh, and a very broad set of, uh, of companies, not only uh, content hosts, but also infrastructure providers. And um, it also uh, enabled uh, uh, basically law enforcement agencies to order takedowns uh, without, uh, without any kind of judicial. Uh, wow. Uh, yeah, without a court order. So really a, uh, a, a proposal that, would have, that might have very, very uh, significant uh, free expression uh, um, impact. So uh, we work with uh, with Parliament, uh, and, um, and and unfortunately, Parliament made a lot of improvements to the text, both on uh, uh, definitions of terrorist content, uh, the uh, competent authorities that that are appointed to act under this regulation, uh, and they and Parliament also removed uh, uh, monitoring and filtering uh, obligations. So. Um, the negotiations are still going on, and again, uh, on this one, we are we are supporting uh, the Parliament's position and and working with both uh, NGOs and and uh, and industry groups uh, that are impacted uh, by the proposal, and uh, we hope for a an outcome that's more balanced than uh, what the Commission had originally proposed. Um, well, Jens, it sounds like you have a very very busy year ahead. Um, thank you very much for the thorough update. And before I let you go, I'm going to plug that anyone who is interested in these issues and wants a monthly update, which you all produce a beautiful monthly update on tech policy in Europe, they should subscribe to your e-newsletter, which they can do so just by going to cdt.org. Thank you, Jan, so much for joining Tech Talk. Thank you, Brian. CDT is gearing up for our 25th anniversary annual dinner, a.k.a. Tech Prom. This is the tech policy event of the year, and the 2020 version will undoubtedly be the very, very best ever. The mastermind behind that event is CDT's brilliant director of development, Lee Berkeley Shaw, and she join us, joins us today to talk about it. Welcome, Lee Berkeley. Hi, Brian. Are you so excited to be on Tech Talk? I'm so excited, although I'm sad because it's your last one. Well, you're the perfect guest to be on my last oh, one. Well, I had Jens little... earlier, now you. It's like the perfect CD farewell. Oh, thank you. CDT little... farewell. I can't even get the name right I know. Anymore. Don't forget us yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So top level, even though all our listeners should know, what is Tech Prom? What makes it so magical? Well, TechProm is our annual dinner. Um, for years, it was just called the annual dinner until it got colloquially dubbed TechProm. Much better name. Much better name. It stuck. Um, so now we primarily just call it that. It features about a 1,000 members of the tech policy uh, community um, from all sectors and industry. 
Um, and it's tough to pinpoint what makes it magical, but it is. Um, started in the late 90s with a handful of people who really cared about these issues. Um, and now we have over a thousand. And last year we sold out. We literally could not put more tables in the room. Um, I think the magic comes in networking. Um, I think that CDT has a unique way of bringing together people from disparate communities and helping them see their commonalities. Um, so you might have privacy experts in the same conversation with First Amendment lawyers and figuring out they have a lot in common, or technologists and civil rights activists sharing a tale. Um, and I think that Tech Prom stands apart in a city with a lot of dinners because we're bringing people out of their silos and into general conversation. Um, finally, I'd also just say it's fun. Tech Prom has a, a reunion feel to it. Um, we all hop jobs all over the industry. I mean, case in point, Brian. Yikes. Uh, <laughs> but it means that you're going to run into old friends, colleagues, classmates. I suppose that could be good or bad, but it's a great way to see and be seen. Um, and for somebody new to the space, it's a great way to find out who the movers and shakers are. That is a great point. So before we go any further, let's make sure we've got the date, the location announced. What's the date? What's the location? The date is April 23rd, 2020, which is a Thursday night. Go ahead. Take that Friday off. You're going to need to. Oh, gosh, yes. Um, it's at the Anthem down at the Wharf. Um, and for those of you who may not know, the Anthem is DC's coolest concert venue right now. Um, this is a change we made last year to resounding success. Um, so the event will have three floors of cocktails and interactives and receptions of a wonderful dinner um, and then a concert at the end. So what? we're taking advantage of that space. That's fun. I've actually seen Brandy Carlisle and Robin at the Anthem. Those hey. are the two I remember. <laughs> Tech Prom is just as cool as the two of those <laughs> wonderful sure Grammy <laughs> Award winning artists. So you've already touched on this a little bit. What are some of the special things that we're going to have going on at Tech Prom for the 25th anniversary? Well, I think the first thing to mention is that whenever you have a big anniversary, people always think of it as a time to reflect on your past and think about all your successes. And it will be a little bit of that. But really, we want to make this event about looking to the next 25 years. So rather than come and spend too, too much time looking backwards, we're going to still be talking about the future. I think that's what CDT really excels at is looking ahead. Um, so you can count on that. That being said, we will have um, some fun interactives, which we hope will make people laugh, be a little playful, but also inspire conversation. Um, we also will be introducing a new CDT video to tell you a little bit about Ooh. who we are. Woo! Um, and uh, more than that, I think we're just going to take a minute to give a nod to our alumni, and who knows, we may even have a new CEO by then. Well, when, wouldn't that be great? Well, That's that would right. be exciting. The <laughs> unveiling of our new CEO. What are? Do you have anything special planned for the alum? I mean, one of the things I've really enjoyed about being at CDT is, you know, once a CDT or always a CDT or so. I we always have so many people who have worked here in the past come back. Anything special for them? I'll be an alum by then too. Oh, that breaks my heart. <laughs> um, but yes, we we do want to make sure that they feel welcome. We want to make sure that. They they feel appreciated. We are setting up a CDT alumni lounge in one of the receptions as a place specifically for them where they can uh, congregate, where they can reunite with each other. They can leave messages. They can look at old photos. They can take a trip down memory lane or they can make the connections of the future however they want to use that time. Um, we'll also be taking some some uh some comments from them on their memories and sharing those so that hopefully we can have their voices present throughout the night. 
Cool. You could just run episodes of Tech Talk like on loop. <laughs> I think people would love that. Hmm, um, no. We could. There's some really good ones. Good idea, Brian. I'll put that on the list. You're welcome. Just trying to make it a fun event. So if people want to attend, what are the ways they can do that? Well, okay. So truth be told, Tech Prom is CDT's only fundraising event of the year, which means that it is the kind of event where you either need to sponsor the event or buy a ticket. Sorry about that, friends. Um, that being said, um, sponsorships um, are especially important to CDT because not only do they pay for the dinner, but they also support our work throughout the rest of the year. So if you're in a position to do that, we do encourage it. And if you're not able to attend but want to be supportive or have your brand represented, we do have marketing opportunities, and I'd be happy to talk with anyone about those if you're interested. As for individuals, we do have tickets available for purchase on our website, uh, and we also have a special rate for our friends in nonprofit academia and who work for the government. And for those who need to worry about these things, this event has been designated to comply with ethics guidelines, so you should be all in the clear there. Oh, well done. Yeah. And then finally, if you don't think you can be there the whole time, or quite frankly, you just want to go to the concert, that's up to you. Um, we do have a ticket available just for the last 90 minutes of the event, which is our dessert reception and concert. Um, that is a great way to take stock of the event if you haven't been before and want to check it out. That's great. So how should people get in touch with you? Minus the, go to the website, obviously, for information, but you specifically, the development team? Sure. The website is, of course, the best place to start, but you can reach out to me personally at lshaw at cdt.org or the development team at development at cdt.org. Oh, that's clever. I know. How about that? And yeah. and that way, one of us will answer you. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not done with questions yet. Now we have the fun ones. What is the signature cocktail this year? Well, we haven't named it yet. So if you have thoughts on that, we take those too. Um, but it is a bourbon with a lemon, honey, a sprig of, I want to, uh, rosemary, and a sprig of mint, I believe. Well, yum. I would like to try that. And uh, what are you going to wear? Have you picked out <laughs> your, your dress yet or Goodness practical me. pantsuit for <laughs> tech prom? <laughs> um, I haven't yet. Thank you for the very personal question to close out this segment. Um, I do think whatever I wear will have pockets because I do find <laughs> that those are handy in a pinch. <laughs> That's true. She is working very hard at that event. Lee Berkeley, thank you for joining. All the information on tech prom again is on our website cdt.org check it out i will be going definitely and i hope to see you there and i know the entire cdt cdt team does as well thanks lee berkeley thank you brian we'll miss you that's it for this episode of tech talk it has been an absolute pleasure to be your host since we first launched but i am beyond excited to listen to future episodes featuring the brilliant questions and melodious voice of jamal i'm brian wasilowski as always Thanks so much for listening.